Welcome back to Leafs Fans at Hostile Lands, the podcast about three Leafs fans surrounded by a bunch of Sens fans. My name is Craig Shaw, and along here with uh, Kyle Nurse and Daniel Britton, we've got a guest with us today. Uh, Eric, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm happy to be here. My name is Eric. Uh, I'm a uh, lifetime Habs fan, and I'll be here to uh, talk about the uh, the Habs season so far and the two uh, Leafs, Leafs and Habs game that we had last week, so I'm happy to be here. Well, thanks for coming out. So I'm going to throw it over to Kyle to start the uh, start this off this week. We're going to talk about the first uh, game, the Toronto against Montreal uh, at the Bell Centre in Montreal. A little bit different environment this week uh, without having any fans in the stands. Yeah, but Kyle, you can tell us a little bit more about it. Yeah, a quiet game overall. Not as much uh, intensity for sure from the fans. Uh, Montreal unable to grab that intensity. And, uh, you know, Wednesday night game. That's sometimes how it goes, and Montreal really capitalized on uh, the Leafs' laziness off the top. First shot, first goal by uh, Josh Anderson, just kind of a Leaf killer this year. Um, personally, I thought it was it was a really even game after that. We really saw that this was the one number one team against the number two team, and these could could be interchangeable for sure. Even game. However, not very physical, I thought, kind of first going into the second. And then the Leafs decided, you know what, we're going to pick this up. And uh, two four-on-four goals by some depth on the Leafs. We had Travis Dermott get his uh, first goal of the year and his first goal coming back off of injury, which is pretty cool. And then Justin Hall, huge bomb. Just with so much time for some reason. Another four-on-four goal, his first of the year. And then finally, Mikheyev gets his first of the year, really getting that monkey off of his back. He's been trying. He's been trying to get those uh, shorties, uh, but this one just a five-on-five goal. So the Leafs kind of take over, and the depth is what showed uh, in this game. Um, another thing I thought uh, really stood out was Anderson. He obviously allowed a goal. Sorry, Freddie Anderson. This is going to be confusing <laughs> for a while. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Freddie Anderson. Uh, you know, one shot, one goal. That's tough to bounce back from. And that's just, it's so debilitating almost. Oh my God, I can't believe this. I've been warming up all day or I've been warming up and then I let one goal in on one shot. But he really stood out to me after that as a shutdown goalie in this game. Uh, Thomas Tatar throwing in a goal, trying to get things back. And then Hyman with the empty netter. Uh, Dan... Who stood out to you in this game? It can be Leafs, it can be Habs. What are you seeing? Well, I, I mean, you mentioned it uh, very briefly, but uh, kind of our depth coming through in this game. Um, you know, the the Josh Anderson goal right off the bat scared the heck out of me. Um, you know, when our Anderson, uh, Freddie Anderson, gets a quick goal on him, he can com- kind of become Swiss cheese pretty quickly. Yep. Uh, but he he did. He was able to shut that down, and he uh, didn't really um, kind of allow too many. Well, I mean, he allowed another one at the end, but um, he made some nice saves after that. Uh, but you know, the depth team, the depth players coming up was really nice to see. It was I was really happy to see McCabe get his first goal, and and Dermot. I I also really like uh, watching Dermot play, but you know, McCabe needed to break that steal like Matthews did a few weeks ago, and so I'm hoping we're going to see a couple more shots than goals out of McCabe and. Uh, you know, maybe he'll finally get that shorthanded goal. But um, just, you know, as a nod to Montreal, uh, Josh Anderson, I found that when he had the puck, I was watching him only. Um, he's really good with that thing, and he can just skate around pretty much anybody. And after that first goal, his confidence was really up there. Uh, so he had some other really nice shots that I think Anderson was maybe lucky. Sorry, Freddie Anderson was maybe lucky to save. Um, and I think the Leafs kind of squeaked out a win here. Uh, I know they won, they, they did it four to two, but I mean, I, I, it was a squeak out win for me. I, I wasn't confident the whole way through thinking, you know, we got this, we got this, like I have some other games. So, uh, you know, positive outcome for Leafs fans, but, uh, Eric, what do you think? How'd you feel the game went? Uh, yeah, uh, I think it was just the, uh, the Habs on the four on four. They just couldn't get anything going. I mean, uh, you give room, the Leafs uh, on the ice and they, they'll, make, they'll make you pay for it. And obviously with more room, uh, the Leafs offense just, uh, you know, got things going. And then Montreal just couldn't get anything together. I mean, they really try to force some plays and uh, try to be uh, too cute with the puck sometimes. And they just uh, couldn't get the, um, 
and anything go away. You could see with the the goal that Tatar scored, it was uh, you know I'll call that a garbage goal. And uh, yeah, they just said uh, late in the third, they finally decided to get their legs going and actually got some decent chances. Petrie got a post, but uh, overall, uh, the Habs special teams really let them down uh, on the four and four. And uh, yeah, I mean uh, they just waited too late to get the their legs going, and then uh, they lost four to two. Sorry, there was no special teams action in any of these games. I mean, I think there were four power plays overall, and nobody got a goal. Um, which yeah, kind of. You know, set the Leafs up for a really bad start. But sorry, go ahead, Kyle. Um, you know, we we did just talk about Freddie Anderson and how he was pretty solid in this game. He hasn't been solid all year, and his save percentage kind of shows in that. Eric, what do you think about Price this year? Is he feeling the effects of having a solid backup in a positive way, or maybe it's more of a competition, or is he just off to a rough start, or like, or are you just straight up happy with with how uh, Carey Price is doing in net for the Habs? I, I'm not particularly happy on his start, but I think it has more to do with the schedule this year. Uh, a lot of back-to-back, closer games, three games in four nights. I think uh, the backups will get more starts this year. And I think I just think Price didn't get a chance to really get into uh, a rhythm, you know, and, and find his game because, uh, you know, he plays one game, he's okay, and then it's Jake Allen and he comes, comes back again, and then he's again okay. Uh, but I did find on that Mikheyev goal that Price should have had that. I mean, it's a slap shot from the point, but there was no traffic in front. You know, that was a dagger for Montreal. Uh, but overall, I think Price, I don't think he sees that a competition, but I think uh, he just needs to find his game and, and get a bit more starts. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate he had a good game, you know, Saturday night, but now Habs are off for a week. So I'm curious to see what effect that will have on, on Price going forward. So, yeah. Yeah, really interesting that they have a full week off. Uh, I was checking mm-hmm. Toronto's schedule. I don't see any of that in their schedule. Maybe three days at most. Uh, really weird that the, that happened to the Habs. But like you said, there have been a lot of back-to-backs so far, so it's kind of correcting itself a bit now. Um, Dan mentioned Josh Anderson being a standout for him when he uh, saw the Habs going. Would you agree with that, or are you seeing some other standouts on the Habs during this first game? Uh, I would say, yeah, Josh Anderson was definitely the uh, the one standout. And uh, overall, I think the Mon- the Montreal offense, uh, pretty flat all game. I mean, they weren't, uh, you know, they weren't playing their transition game. They were not, uh, you know, first on the puck. They weren't, uh, you know, using their speed the way they, you know, use it in the first uh, few games of the season. They really, I think, just, uh, it was just a bad game overall for them, I think. So, yeah, there was no uh, no standouts for me except for, for Josh Anderson. Greg, anything to add on uh, game one here? I just liked what uh, Eric was saying about uh, the Habs on those four and fours, giving the Leafs a lot of extra room. Um, and you're right. If they leave, if they give the Leafs that much room to be able to, to be able to shoot, um, they'd be able to pass the puck around. Yeah. They're going to do, uh, you know, score more often than not. And like you were saying about that one sh- uh, goal from the point, it was Justin Hall's goal. Um, you're right. Carey Price probably should have had that. Halls, yeah. uh, Halls and Dermott's uh, kind of very similar mm-hmm. plays. They just, it left that defenseman wide open, had a clear shot from the, you know, from the top of the circle down to the dot. And uh, most years, yeah, Carey Price would have that. But I was kind of surprised that two of those got past him. Dermott's was a beauty goal, though. Oh, gi- oh. I'll, I'll give the, credit, the defenseman all the credit for, uh, for picking their place on those shots. But yeah, most of the time, you expect Carey Price to get those. And when they go in, you know, good for us, I guess. But uh, I was shocked. Um, let's move on to game two. I would not say that Carey Price was off during this game we had a 2-1 win for the Habs uh I would say another close one for sure in terms of the score but maybe not as close in terms of the play the Leafs came out early um Marner getting a goal from Matthews nice to see the big guys come out they were kind of shut down in the first game and then again very even in the second but Montreal making a push um can't remember when uh, Toffoli's goal was. Might have been second or third, but wow, that was a lot of space for him. He he was given so much space by the defense. I think it was a fourth-line play, and then uh, Gallagher gets the goal. Potentially reviewable, but I think they got the call right that it was uh, you know below the shoulder. Yeah, it was a good goal. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely a good goal, and, and a skillful goal as well. The fact that he was able to bring it down with his stick thinking he's got to be thinking in his head i don't want this to be too high i can't this i can't make this reviewable and then he's able to put it in uh so freddie no chance on that i found toronto 
after Montreal tied it up to be a very flat-footed team, really underwhelming. And it's, oof, I don't want to get ahead of myself too much, but it may have kind of started there. We're seeing some <laughs> holes in Toronto, and it might have carried over to a very unfortunate game that we will definitely get to, and wow. Um, Toronto also stacking the, uh, uh, when they had an empty net, they, I think it was Riley and five forwards, like the top five forwards that we have. Um, and they couldn't get anything going. They could barely get in the zone. Like, what was happening there? So weird to see that from, uh, such an explosive squad. I think they're, they're just getting tired. Very similar to maybe how the Habs were at the end of this. And they, they need a bit of a break. Daniel, who stands out to you? in game two or really or maybe who didn't stand out that should have who didn't stand out well i mean uh, as a leafs fan i'm gonna say the refs didn't stand out um <laughs> the three of us usually chat during these games uh over messenger and i think we called every single penalty penalty in the book that wasn't called on the ice it just felt like the Leafs were kind of getting beat up a little bit and uh nobody was really watching their back so you know, that was a little bit of a disappointment. Um, but in terms of players, I mean, the Matthew Marner's goal was beautiful. The Just a quick behind the net uh, uh, to Marner was a little, you know, a little reversal of, of uh, uh, roles for them. But it was really nice. Beautiful goal. Um, I also think the Leafs, uh, they played 50 minutes and the Habs played a full 60, which, you know, you said that they kind of slowed down. The Leafs kind of slowed down about midway through the game i think the third period they they're starting to struggle in and we can maybe talk about that in the next game also but um you know if the leafs have a, a kryptonite right now it's the third period that's kind of where they're dying there and it, it's surprising for a young team like this um but they seem to kind of lose their feet in the third period and that's when things start to fall apart if they're going to fall apart um you know it, we're going to talk about the ottawa game can we not talk about that game <laughs> yeah, of course. We can just skip it. Yep. Good podcast, guys. Let's shut yeah. it down. You know, I think Thornton coming back might have thrown a tiny little bit of a wrench in and if they weren't already feeling great about themselves after the Montreal game, um, because the Montreal scored their two goals in the third period. So really from the first period on, the Leafs really had very little action. Um, not a lot of shots after that. And uh, they just didn't look great. Defense uh, was kind of letting a lot of breakouts come in. Um, Gallagher was walking through the Leafs and, uh, yeah, just didn't click in the end. Eric, what did you think about the Habs during this game? I, I imagine you're pretty happy for the win. Uh, obviously, yes, I was uh, very happy, but they, uh, came out pretty slow. I mean, in the first period, uh, talked about Mitch Martin and Austin Matthews, and I think they, together, they had three, four, maybe five chances in the high slot to, you know, put the puck in the net and, uh. I think Matthews missed the net on one, and then Price stopped the rest. But uh, Price was seeing everything in that first, but they really, um, you know, had their chances to maybe put the game away in the first. You know, it could have been three, four, nothing if it weren't for Price. Um, and in the second period, in the last five or six minutes, Montreal really stepped it up, and I think that momentum carried over into the third. Uh, and to me, the standout player in that game was obviously Brandon Gallagher getting the, uh, you know. He goes in the corner for the first goal, passes to Deno, and then off to Toffoli. And obviously, he scores the go-ahead goal for uh, for Montreal. And I think overall, I think uh, Montreal just, you know, outworked Toronto for most of the game. And the one stat for me in that game was the hits. You know, Montreal got 46 to Toronto 16. So I think yeah. uh, when, uh, you know, the game gets physical, Toronto, uh, you know, can have some issues. And uh, saw a lot of uh, players... For Toronto, actually, Nylander was one of them that I saw a few times uh, of trying not to get hit and, you know, turning over the puck, just chipping it into the corner, and then Montreal took back possession, and then there goes their zone presence. So, um, I mean, the, in, the, in the playoffs, they're going to have to kind of take those hits and get a bit more physical because it, it's, it's not going to get easier from here, right? So, Yeah, exactly. I, I think it's just been said a million times on uh, Twitter and hockey and whatever, things like that. Uh, Simmons. Where we are feeling yep. Simmons' absence for sure, and it's it's a shame that one player can have uh, you know such an effect being away. Like he he showed his his presence first game against Montreal. Like let's, let's get into a fight and then let's let's go. He had his hands up in the air, and uh, yeah, Toronto seems unenergized 
and there's no one really stepping up to energize them. I feel like Tavares is trying sometimes. They're just he's, he's trying to get physical, but he's not that player. He's not that kind of guy. And Willie, you're right. He's he's it looks like a stick out there sometimes. He's just falling, or he, yeah, you're right. He's getting out of the way of the checks. Uh, not not great in terms of the physical department. I got one quick question for you, Eric, because uh, I don't follow the Habs obviously as much. Thomas Tatar, a healthy scratch. He had a goal in the previous game. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not sure what happened maybe in the Edmonton game, but what's what's going on there? He seems like a real contributor, but a healthy scratch? Yeah, uh, Julian was just not happy with the way he's been playing. Obviously, he got a goal last game, but overall, <clears throat> he wants more uh, out of Tatar. And last year, he was our leading goal scorer, I believe. And uh, this year, he just hasn't been up to... Uh, up to par and it i think he was an easy scratch to do because i think another player that should have been scratched but it's hard to do is philip Deneau, uh being that our you know we're struggling at center uh, for face-off wins and he's our face-off guy but deno has been another one that we need more of uh more production off of him as well and you know he wants that big contract but he's not putting up the big numbers so uh yeah but i mean i think it's just to send the message that uh even though you know you're one of our Better goal scorers, you can still get benched if you're not putting up the numbers, and I think it's just a wake-up call for everyone on the team. Something that maybe uh, Sheldon Keefe should consider experimenting with on his team, <laughs> I, I think. <laughs> you know, Nylander, he's, he's, he looks invisible out there, so maybe, man, he scratched Nylander, that sends a message, I think. Craig, anything to add on Game 2? Well, I'm just going to mention what you're talking about a Nylander there. One thing I've noticed in the last couple of games, he I've noticed him going into the corners a little bit more. And being the guy to try to feed the puck out to the uh, um, out to the front uh, front of the net for Johnny T, I think they really need somebody on that line. I loved seeing Hyman on that line this last game. It worked for a while. Um, I noticed that he was uh, um, Nylander was be able to spend a little bit more time in the high slot, you know, kind of where he wants to be instead of in the corners. Um, but yeah, in that Habs game, I was finding that it just wasn't working for Nylander and Tavares. They really just couldn't get anything going. Um, they're just look. They're still looking for the guy on the other side um, to work with them, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk about him a little bit more uh, later on. Yeah, Nealander's too worried about his hair. He's like, "Oh, my <laughs> beautiful hair! Do, don't pull it, guys! Don't do it!" Oh, that's pretty funny. All right, so those are the two Habs games. We're glad to have Eric on. We're gonna ask some uh, some bigger questions, some bigger Montreal questions. We had Eric on last week for a little pre-interview, get to know Eric and his uh, Montreal knowledge and what he likes about the Habs. We're gonna ask some. Uh, some bigger questions, see what's going on. Dan, you want to start us off with a question for Eric? Yeah, for sure. Okay, so Eric, um, this one's kind of about fan bases, so a good general one to start off with. As a Leaf fan, I've been a lifelong Leaf fan, just like you've been a lifelong Hab fan. Um, you know, I'm living in Ottawa right now. If I go outside with my Leafs hat on, somebody's going to make a comment. Whether it's, hey dude, nice hat, which is rare. Or, oh, Leafs, how'd they do last year? Or, we're looking for Boston, something like that. So, you know, Toronto gets Toronto fans get a lot of hate. Ottawa fans seem to get a lot of hate also. Edmonton certainly gets a lot of hate because it's Edmonton. How do you feel about Montreal? Do you, do you feel like you're on the same kind of receiving end of fan base hate, the same as uh, a couple of their, these uh, teams in the NHL? Uh, I'd say... Close, but not quite. And I think the main factor to that is the media. I think, um, Mm. you know, TSN and Sportsnet, you know, they cover the Leafs a lot. They don't cover Montreal. Uh, Montreal has, you know, RDS, the French media, and uh, it's really just in Montreal. If you go outside Montreal, you don't really hear the Canadians all that much. Um, And I think the the hate we get is mainly because of our own, um, we're asking for it kind of thing. Because a lot of Habs fans tend to live in the past. You know, we've won twenty four. <laughs> we've won twenty four cups. Blah 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 blah, and uh, and they always go with the uh, you know same thing with Toronto. We always go after them with the four one Boston loss, and I think we just bring a lot of the hate upon us because I think Montreal. They're always a team that's in the middle of the standings all the time, and they're not always you know top of the the division. But yeah. uh, I don't think we get the same amount of hate as the the Leafs do. But I think I would be confident in saying that we're probably the second most hated team. Uh, in Canada, just based off, uh, again, the fan base. But uh, I think the rivalry, too, we got a lot of rivalries with a lot of teams. Toronto, uh, Boston, uh, Ottawa is always a, you know, a good one. So, yeah, I think it's pretty close, but not quite there. But I think it's just based off the media and how it's covered, you know, 
overall, you know, a lot more lease coverage around here. And uh, yeah, that's just how it is. I think it is also those uh, 24 Stanley Cups and the fact that they won the last one in Canada. They've got a little bit of leeway to uh, for other fans not to make fun of them. Yeah, but, for know, sure. It's funny. Every time I talk to a Montreal fan, those 24 Cups come up somehow every time. <laughs> Uh, you know, even if we're not talking about final standings or anything like that. But no, I mean, Mon- you make some really good points. Uh, Montreal doesn't get kind of the gl- the national coverage. And, and I think that's a shame to some extent. Um, you know, I'd love to see some, some more Montreal coverage nationally. Um, you know, you, I also don't really hear... we Out East, we don't really hear too much about the Western teams. So, you know, no. you're, you make a good point there. Yeah, I'd be afraid to to diss a Montreal fan if I was in Montreal. Like, if I go to a Montreal oh, yeah. game and and to see Toronto, like, you know, I'm going to wear my Toronto stuff. But I'm not calling out a Montreal player in any French community or any uh, Quebec community saying, oh, yo, 24 Cups, where you been? I'd be terrified. I would be terrified. No, that's not me. Just uh, throwing that out there. But at the same time, if someone did that to a Toronto fan, they'd be like, yeah, whatever, whatever, 67. <laughs> when I was at a game a few years ago in Montreal watching the Leafs and uh, the Habs, um, Toronto ended up winning 6 nothing. Um, I have never felt more uncomfortable walking to the Metro that evening coming out of the Bell Center with uh, 20,000 um, Habs fans all surrounding me in the, uh, in the underground. But uh, we, there's enough Leafs fans who kind of stuck around each other. and. Uh, had a nice little cohort of uh, of support. You have to as Leafs fans. You have to have a group around you most times. <laughs> All right, another question for Eric here. Um, Mark Bergevin, he's, he's been up and down for so many years. Fire him, hire him, give him a medal, something. Uh, what's been your opinion of Mark Bergevin over the years, and has it changed, or you've you've been solid with him the whole time, or you hate him the whole time? Like, what's how how has that changed? Uh, I've been on his, uh, I've been a, a fan of his since he came to Montreal because he, uh, you know, in 2012 when he arrived, he had one message, and that was, you know, uh, he he wants to bring back, um, you know, uh, the cup to Montreal, and and you know, he wants to create a winning environment and put a group of players together that want to win. And if you don't want to win and, and you're not part of the mentality he's trying to put forward along with his coaching staff, then you'll, you'll be on your way out. But he, he is a guy that, you know, uh, I think he's closer to his players than a lot of other general managers. Uh, you know, he, he talks to the media of players and he always has a nickname for them, which is sometimes kind of strange, but um, no, I've been a fan of his since day one. He always had the same message and he always stuck to the same line uh throughout the years is i don't want to sacrifice the future for short term short term success and i think we're seeing um the, the the effects of his mindset you know this year with all the young players coming up you know suzuki kk uh suzuki wasn't drafted by montreal but he you know there was talks of trading him early on and just what what he's built uh throughout the years i think we're all finally seeing uh you know what he wanted and uh yeah, no, I've been a fan of his since day one, and I've uh, never wanted him to uh, get fired because I think he he was able to get some uh, some good trades. I mean, Patch Ready, we got Tatar and Suzuki, so I think I don't think we can ask anything from that. And then again, Josh Anderson for Max Domi. I mean, Josh Anderson has been great so far. Hopefully, it keeps going. But overall, uh, I think he's been a solid GM for Montreal. Yeah, a contract that. Uh... I think I really admire and I hope doesn't bite him in the butt later on is, is Gallagher's contract. And that was, that was pretty cool that, uh, you know, he got a little bit emotional about it that, you know, Gallagher's been, he's been there probably the longest or one of the longest and mm-hmm. he's fought for this team. He's, yeah. you know, he's, he's laid down for it and he deserves the money for something like that other than just the score sheet or, you know, he's he's getting older, so maybe we shouldn't pay him so much or give him so much term. No, Bergevin identified this guy has been our guy for so long. It's time to reward him. Damn, mm-hmm. damn everything else or what the media says, things like that. Yeah, but Gallagher has his heart on his sleeves. He goes, you know, he comes out every game, gets his 110%, and uh, he's really the uh, the fire that lights up Montreal every game. And you'll know he's, he's out there giving his uh, 110%. And I just go back to last year. 
uh, in the playoffs, he gets a stick into the mouth, and then he's just mouthing off the guy on the bench with a bloody mouth, and it's just uh, just a classic Gallagher uh, move right there. Mm-hmm. And he's that kind of player that every team in the league is looking for. He's a heart and soul franchise kind of player. He, you know, makes everyone better around him. He may not be the most, yeah. uh, you know, a, he, he obviously has some good offensive numbers. He may not be, you know, a top tier talent, but every team, like, look how long the Leafs have been looking for someone like that. Um, you know, bringing in mm-hmm. someone like Jumbo Joe or Wayne Simmons, someone with some personality and some leadership. And that's something that Gallagher has shown right since the time he was a rookie. Um, you know, Brad Marchand Absolutely. in Boston is another kind of player that, yes, he's a pest, but everyone on his team loves him and you would never want to get rid of him, pay him whatever he wants. Um, what is he making? Six or uh, um, Gallagher's making what? Six and a half over six years. Something like that. Actually, I'd have to look it up, but it's around six, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's the type of player that, you know, every team hates, but they would all want them on their team as well. So. Yeah. And that's not the kind of player you're ever going to find in a trade. Cause once a team finds a player like that, you hold on to him. So um, I think that was a great signing making him even the highest paid forward on the team. Um, but that also le- kind of leads yeah. me into my uh, question I've got for you there, uh, Eric. Um, you know, over the um, Bergman's term here, he's made a, obvious, a lot of trades um, and he's not afraid to trade out a big name out of the city. Um, you know, like Max Pacioretty or P.K. Subban. He moved Max Domi. Um, he moved Sergachev a couple seasons ago. Are any players that mm-hmm. uh, you've seen him move on from that you'd love to see back on the team now? Uh, there's only one player that I would like that I, you know, hated to see him go, uh, was Sergachev. I mean, I think, uh, Drew has been putting some solid numbers, but I think we would still need that type of player, uh, that's, you know, on our defense, you know, a a puck moving defenseman. I know Weber is good, but he's not, he doesn't have that offensive flair. Uh, Petrie obviously has been lights out this year so far, but I think we would just need, you know, another guy like Petrie. And I think Sergachev, you know, could eventually, you know, progress to being that type of player and i think uh that would be the only one that i would um would would like back because i think drew has been subpar for his time in montreal he's been good uh but uh subpar for me and i think uh that would be the only trade that i really wish we could get back yeah so what are your thoughts on drew like he's a third overall pick that has always put up half decent numbers um, obviously, we don't watch the Habs nearly as much, but what do you see in him on the ice? Like, is he a top six guy? Is he going to stay in the top six if he, if once these other guys, you know, the younger guys come up? Or do you think he's the kind of guy that you can move on from, um, try to see what you can get from him? I think it's the type of guy we can move on from. He's a top six on certain teams. I think right now in Montreal, he does fit in the top six. Uh, but eventually, I think he will move on from him. From him. Um He's just inconsistent. I mean, and once he doesn't get the ice time he wants, he just basically shuts down. And I don't know, there's sometimes a lack of confidence with him as as well. So, um, yeah, overall, I think uh, Montreal can move on from him. And I think they, uh, he just didn't deliver to his potential, I think. Um, I watched the quarter season press conference with Bergevin uh, yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. That's something Montreal does every year. And there was a reporter that asked a really interesting question. Um, and he asked Mark Bergevin, he says, you guys played Vancouver five times so far this year. Um, how hard is it to evaluate your team based on only playing six other teams and you're not meeting, you know, the top teams in your division normally, which is like Boston, Tampa. Um, and then he also mentioned Philly being in the Eastern division. So, um, and, and really Mark had no answer for the guy. He just says, I don't have a choice to evaluate based on what I'm seeing. He says, I can't really worry about the, uh, about Tampa and Boston, but I think, um, it's, it's kind of a tough situation for, for Mark too, because he, he doesn't see his team playing other, you know, great teams. Cause I think the North division being that, uh, you know, Montreal and Toronto will probably be number one and two overall. I think it's, uh, like, are you guys in the same boat? You guys think that when the Leafs, if ever they do meet other clubs like that, you think it could be a potential issue or. Oh, after the last two games, absolutely. Yeah, um, I'm more and yeah. more worried. Yeah, I, I totally, totally agree. Definitely totally been thinking agree. that all season because, you know, obviously, um, like the everyone's been saying that with Toronto not having to play Boston or not having to play Tampa or even the Florida Panthers this year are looking pretty good. Um, they would be giving Toronto and Montreal run for the money in the division. But yeah, I think it's going to be very hard for any team 
really in any division to kind of get an idea of what their um, what their team is actually like without playing, you know, the rest of the league. Um, because, yeah, you can it's kind of like the playoffs. Anything can happen in the playoffs. Once you get to know a team and play them over and over and over again, you start to see a little bit more and you're not going to get that regular season. Um, it's definitely going to be hard for any team to evaluate what they have this year. Um, now, the I think it's the Atlantic Division, Metro Division. They're full of great teams, so Boston can still see. Like Boston's at the top of that division right now. They know that they're, you know, they're doing okay. Not like they're playing the Kings and the Ducks and the uh, and the Sharks. You know, thirty times in the season. Yeah, I think it'll be uh, it'll be interesting, especially because a lot of the other major sports they already do this, like. Baseball, you mostly just play people in your own league and you and you only play one other division. And, uh, you know, the World Series is it's highly unlikely that you've seen that team very much. Uh, Football, they don't play every team every year. It mixes up every year. Uh, What's the other sport? Uh, Basketball is more like hockey where they do play every team. But uh, really interesting to see how how these teams deal with it. I'm especially worried for Toronto because of that uh, lack of physicality. If we've got Wayne Simmons in there, maybe they get another big guy. It might be might be all right. Boston's a big team. Washington's a big team. Philly's yeah. a big team. Avalanche maybe not so big, but they're they're hardcore. Um, I I think it. You're right. It's going to be a difficult grind. But uh, you know they they got all these analytics. They got all these stats. They're still watching these other other teams. So. While it's going to be interesting, it's a seven-game series, so they've, they've got some time. Yeah, thanks very much, Eric, for coming on. This was a really awesome discussion. We're almost at 30 minutes, but I think it's been 30 minutes of really, really great discussion about the Leafs and the Habs. Uh, there hasn't been uh, too much banter going on. Obviously, go Leafs, go, but uh, <laughs> if, if it has to be another team, I'm okay with the Habs Mut- as well. Mutual and, respect uh, is what we have. Yeah. Definite mutual respect. We will beat each yeah. other up over this uh, Stanley Cup, but mutual respect in the end, for <laughs> sure. Always handshakes at the end of the line. Uh, thanks very much, Eric, for coming on again. We will definitely have you back on as the Leafs and the Habs uh, play again. Uh, just to let everyone know, Eric and I did have a bet on the past two games, and we split it, thankfully. Uh, one hmm. of us would have been probably 40 bucks out if there was a, a clear winner each side. We got one game against the Habs on Saturday coming up this week. Eric, do we renew the bet? Throw in another 20 bucks for one game? Uh, sure. But I think we should uh, come up with something a bit more, uh, I don't know, fun. More fun? <laughs> okay, okay. Know. But that's um, something we could discuss later on. I mean, it doesn't have to be right now, but uh, I think fair we enough. should, uh, fair enough. We should How about, have something uh, different. How about you think about it over the next uh, half an hour? You shoot me a text, and I'll I'll put it into the podcast in a bit. Absolutely, for sure. Sounds good. Thanks very much, Eric, for coming on, and we will talk to you soon. All right, thanks for having me. Thanks, Eric. Yeah, thanks, man. Eric. All right, bye-bye. Awesome. Thank you so much, Eric, for coming in. Uh, really great conversation. Definitely going to have you back. We're going to change gears to Game 3 and the Capital Corner with Craig Shaw. Well, we're going to have to give uh, these local Ottawa Senators a little bit of love this week. Um, playing like the juggernaut team, we all knew that they were going to be. Uh, with two <laughs> wins this uh, two wins this week, with a, you know, a six-goal win against Toronto, um, after following it up with a, uh, a late-game win with eight seconds left against Winnipeg. Um, they did lose the, the first game against Winnipeg before that, but um, you can excuse them a little bit because, unfortunately, their goaltender, Matt Murray, did go down with what appears to be an upper body injury, I believe, in that game. Um, so hopefully they're, that, uh, they're back up uh, with Hogberg. He's really uh, stood tall in the last two games, showing them that they may actually have a pretty decent uh, backup goalie that can get them through the game. Um, and if things go south, I've heard of uh, this nice Zamboni driver that's looking for a job right now. Who is that guy? I don't think I've heard of this guy. Who are you talking about, Craig? I believe he is in the Hall of Fame right now. Um, Noted uh, Carolina goalie David Ayers. I hate you guys. Ah, yes, of course. This I I think I've heard of this guy before. Very, uh, very common on this podcast. But yeah, way to go, Ottawa. King two wins. Uh, They now have almost half of their points this season are from Toronto. If you consider the win against Montreal, that's more than half of their points so far this season. So go, Sens, go. Keep doing what you do. What are you talking about? 
fucked up. No, 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 no. <laughs> we are not switching teams here. We're not going all hostile lands on this. You guys, have repa- you guys haven't repainted your room uh, red and gold yet? Uh, am I a little no, premature no, on this? Quite, I'll buy a jersey out of respect, but <laughs> that's about as far as she goes. <laughs> what do you guys think of Ottawa's new jerseys this year? These uh, retro throwbacks. I love I, them. I kind of like them. Does that make us retro? Because these jerseys are younger than us, and we're calling them throwbacks and retro? Oh yeah, we're old. Oh, okay. This is fine. <laughs> so yeah, last <laughs> night's game was a little uh, was a little interesting, wasn't it? Um, looks like Toronto came out strong again. Um, something that uh, we were talking about earlier with Eric is uh, that Toronto hasn't looked good in the third period over the last little while, which is a stark difference from last season, where they wouldn't show up in the first period and had all their offense mm-hmm. in the second and the third. What is happening right now? <laughs> That's two games in a row that they have, you know, played 40 minutes and then have dropped right off. It pretty much anything good was nullified, right? Nullified. Yes. I mean, yeah, we scored a bunch of goals. Great. Their goals stats go up. That's really about what we accomplished. Scored on the power play. Oh, no. That's, and then immediately that... followed up with a shorthanded against us. Well, and, and we decrease Hogberg's uh, save percentage. That's pretty much all we did. <laughs> Gave him a lot of confidence for the rest of the week, though. Like, we we took him down five goals, and it's like, okay, yeah, this guy's just, you know, he's getting his feet wet, sure, whatever. And then he shuts the door, and the Sens are like, okay, we got your back, man. Uh, I'm I'm a little more worried about the rest of these games for sure. Uh, what happened? I I think the Leafs just got cocky, like straight up. They just got yep. cocky. Five goals. The fifth goal, Matthew was. Uh, barely celebrating, which is fine. That's that's hockey etiquette, I would say. And he doesn't really celebrate much anyway. But you know, they were up five one. It seemed like a done deal. And yeah, they need to not let the pedal off. They they are uh, a top team this year, top team in the league so far. Not in save or not in points percentage, but really great. Um, they still they can't put take the foot off the gas. Ottawa Senators are a weak team, but they are NHL players. You can't take your foot off the gas with these guys, and they have something to prove to the NHL in general, that we can we can still play. We can hold our own, even with new players. Some would call weak players sometimes. Um, but yeah, Toronto needs to not get cocky in these next two games against Ottawa. If that means they're still close, that means they're still close. If that means they're blowouts, that means they're blowouts. If Ottawa wins one again, but Toronto tries, that's fine. I'm okay with that other than whatever crap happened last night. You know, I think you're right, Kyle. I think they got cocky. Uh, they Matthew's goal was right at the end of the second, I think, if I remember, and it was a power play. Yep. And then they took a shorthanded goal. That's not a good way to start or to finish the period, right? And then they no. started the next period, 41 seconds in, Zub scores. And, like, Anderson's completely surprised by that goal. So I think they were shaken. They were also, I think, um, I was doing a little bit of reading um, uh, today about it. And, you know, because of this whole Galchenyuk trade, I think what happened, personally, is Keefe was also thrown off because that happened minutes before the game started. So he was all you know, kind of freaked out and not really un- not really sure uh, what he's standing on at this moment. Um, and then Thornton comes back, and so he's uh, another little, you know, bit of uh, chemistry change in the lineup. And I think it was just enough dominoes, and, and they're coming off a loss, so enough dominoes were set up properly for them to be able to take a massive face plant. And, you know, I was sitting there watching the game. I was about to grab a second beer. And I thought, you know, maybe I should just go to bed. You know, they're up 5-1, or they're up 5 nothing at this point, 5-1, yeah, sorry. And, uh, you know, it felt like a good time to just call it a night. I was pretty tired from waking up early, and I'm glad, or I'm sad I didn't. Um, but it was a really, uh, really heavy face plant for the uh, Leafs. One thing I was noticing in the, uh, the end of that game, um, Toronto continued to try the same thing over and over again against uh, against yeah. uh, Ottawa. Um, they tried to skate it into the zone, and they would lose it. With, they had three guys standing up at the at the blue line, Ottawa did. They would lose the puck. It'd be back, uh, turned around the other way. It didn't uh, get into the Toronto zone too much. They would just, th- uh, Ottawa would just get the puck, have that one guy back behind the defense. They would just flip it out of the zone and make Toronto try to do it again. 
and they just wait for their opportunity to get a little bit of space between the, you know, when the forward's a little bit farther forward for Toronto and a little bit of space with the, with the goalies, uh, with the defensemen, um, and they just wait for their opportunity. Um, Freddie didn't have a very good game, as we could see. Um, there was a couple goals there that were a little on the softer side, and six goals in a game is not acceptable over and over again for a goalie who is with that is expected to have the caliber of Anderson. Um, you know, we have starting goalie, even in the, you know, I think this is our seventh episode. We keep flip-flopping back and forth and back and forth, about how we feel about Freddie Anderson. Um, if we know the first couple games, we said, you know, maybe it's time to move on from him. Maybe it's time to trade him. Then Campbell got injured and Freddie started standing on his head again. Then all of a sudden two games in a row here. Okay. Maybe that game against Montreal, I won't blame completely on him. Um, that game winning goal, he didn't really have a chance on with that deflection, but last night he should have been able to stop that many, uh, should have been able to stop four goals in the third period. Um, well, if you consider the one goal in the, uh, at the end of, on the shorthanded, but I, I don't, I don't know. I think that they, they should be looking at something for the future. Um, yes, it's going to be very hard to trade away Anderson mid season right now. Um, unless they can get a goalie from inside of Canada, and I don't think there's any other goalies inside Canada that I would want on our team. Maybe Markstrom, but he just signed a contract. Um, what what do you think the, guy, the Leafs need to do going forward? Because uh, I think they're really missing Jack Campbell right now. Looks like Freddie might be getting tired. You know, that's a good point. I was kind of surprised they didn't play Campbell against Ottawa. He's still injured. Um, I, I, sorry, Campbell's still injured. He hasn't skated yet. Um, oh yes, of we're course. we're Sorry. pushing close to a month since that injury, and he hasn't even started skating, so he's probably still going to be up for a while. Yeah, scratch. We'll scratch that. But I'm I'm kind of surprised they didn't play Hutch, um, in the Ottawa game because Anderson was getting tired, as you said in that uh, Montreal game, or yeah, in the Montreal game, let in the two in the third period. Um, I just give him a rest. I mean, he's been playing. I know he had a couple days off before, but you know he does need a break. I know we don't really necessarily want Hutchison in net, but looking back in retrospect, could it have been worse? Mm, probably not. Could it have been better? Yes. So he probably wouldn't have let in five unanswered goals. I'm going to put it on uh, on the rest of the Leafs team a little bit based on their performance in front of Campbell. Campbell doesn't get in a whole lot, and the Leafs seem to rally around him. Like Obviously, he's a great dude. But uh, he doesn't play that much, so they're like, we want to give this guy a win. We want to we wanna give our guy a win and make him confident so we can give Freddie those uh, off nights. I think they need to treat Freddie the same. That, yeah, sure, Freddie's the number one guy, and they don't want to treat him like a baby or whatever, but they got to fight for their goaltender. They like and... to leave Freddie wide open, and they never do that to Campbell. Um, and those, yeah. What, yeah. I think Campbell only Good played point. the two games this season, and they made sure that he had lots of room to see. They kept those shooting lanes open. Um, but you don't see any of that stuff against can't or with Freddie. Maybe it's because we have a bigger sample size with Freddie. Uh, maybe they just played some great games, but they do look like a different free team in front of Campbell. Yeah. It's like yeah. they, uh, they expect more of Freddie. They're like, Oh yeah, Freddie will get it. No problem. We don't have to try that hard. No freaking try hard. Like go for it. Help your buddy out. Yeah. Like Tampa doesn't take a night off. Um, Boston doesn't take a night off, but it seems like this is the same Leaf team that just seems to want to take nights off. Yeah. You know, Craig, though, you said, what does Toronto need going forward? I, I don't think it needs anything yet. I, I, we, teams can have bad games. Bad games happen. We've seen Toronto have epic collapses. They have them about once a year. It's, you know, it sucks as a fan. You kind of shake your head and think, is this really the team I support? But if they have bad games, it happens. I don't think we really need to fault them on. I mean, I don't, the Montreal loss, I think was a no big deal. I think they played hard in the start and then they kind of drifted off in the end and just maybe as Kyle was talking about earlier, continued to be a little cocky with their wins uh, over Montreal. But uh, I think, you know, let's give them some time. If the two games coming up against Ottawa are uh, even close to blowouts, or if we do poorly in those, then, yeah, if you're starting to lose to the bottom team in the league consistently, then maybe something does need to change. And I'm going to give Ottawa a little bit of credit on the in the third period at the end of the game last night. Um, 
Toronto, when they you know got frustrated that they couldn't get past the three guys at staying at the line for Ottawa, they were chipping it in. One guy was in. Um, he had no support coming around the other side. Um, Ottawa, the player would just hammer him in the corner. The Toronto player would try to ring it around the boards to his defenseman. There'd be nobody there. The puck would be back out of the zone from the Ottawa forward. Um, I'm going to give them a lot of credit for, you know, they knew that Toronto's not going to hit them um, and, you know, play physical. And when they get down into the other end of the zone, Ottawa tried to do the same thing. They would just chip it past the, the Toronto defense, but they were hammering them at the boards every time. Every time that Toronto defenseman got the um, got the puck in the corner, Ottawa was hammering them. And you know what? That takes the guy out of the play. I know the Leafs are a fast skill team, but sometimes you need to play the body because the number of times last night I watched two Leafs players watching the guy, the Ottawa player, standing against the boards, not hitting him. And it's like, you try to take the puck. Oh, look, you're out of position now. And they need to play a more physical style. They, I hate the term old style hockey, but you know, old style hockey. Let's take the body. And then if you got two guys on it, one guy could take the body, one guy could take the puck. But if you're both trying to take the puck, no one's taking the body. The guy's clear. He's made a pass and it's at the front of the net. I don't want to talk about this anymore. It's what the what yeah, the heck? Yeah. Why did that have to happen? <laughs> it's a blip, guys. It's a blip on the radar. We'll move on. The Leafs have three losses this year. We're okay. Well, let's talk <laughs> about some things okay. that aren't quite as depressing. Let's talk about some transactions that Toronto did. This leads us to our next segment called Quick Shifts. You get 45 seconds to tell us what your thoughts are on uh, on a couple of random questions that I've written down here for you guys. Um, so there was a, a big trade there. Big trade. Yesterday, (laughs) there was a trade there. Anything's big trade these days. You only have six teams to trade with. Um, But Toronto picking up uh, Alex Galchenyuk from the Carolina Hurricanes, maybe kind of the Hurricanes. He never even left the country for Carolina. Um, Thanks, Ottawa. For two prospects, um, one that they just picked up in the Kapanen trade with uh, Warofsky um, and for uh, Korshkov. So, you know, two players that... I think Korshkov got one game in the NHL last season. I believe he scored a goal. Um, he's doing pretty well over in the KHL right now. Um, Warofsky, who we never even saw. I don't think he even got any ice time for the Marlies um, since he got traded over. Um, for Gaila Galchenyuk, who has, you know, since his rookie season, has perennially underperformed. Um, this is his seventh team now. Um, what do you think that, uh, do you think this is a good move? Do the Toronto, uh, do the Leafs need more bottom six depth um, with guys coming back from injury, hopefully pretty soon. I think, uh, you know, Robertson's skating right now. Um, I don't think it will be very long before Simmons comes back. He'll be back sooner than the doctors probably advise him to. Um, Do you think this is a smart trade for Toronto or should we, uh, um, or is this just another guy? It's just this just guy filling in space on the taxi squad. Um, so, uh, Dan, if you can tell us what your thoughts on that, you've got uh, this forty-five seconds. Okay, I I think he's I think he's a guy. I think he gives a little bit of uh, flexibility in the bottom six, as you said. Um, he's a decent player. I mean, he scored one goal this year, I think, so far, and he doesn't play a lot. Uh, or when he was playing for Ottawa, didn't play a lot. Um, I, I guess we're taking a, a chance on him. Dubas wants to roll the dice and see how it goes. It'll be interesting to see where Keith puts him. Um, but uh, yeah, he's a guy. I'm not really that excited for this trade. Uh, not a guy. He's going to go in the AHL. They're going to mm. see what's happening. He may be used as um, kind of a message. Like, if uh, Alex Galchenyuk makes it to the fourth line, what's going on with all these other guys? Maybe you should freaking step it up. I think it's 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 a flyer on somebody. It's it's not meant to be long term. It's it's not much. I don't think he's a guy. So with all these guys coming back from injury, uh, hopefully soon. Um, we got like I said, we got Robertson coming back soon. We got Simmons. This Leafs third line is not performing well. I believe they've mostly been playing Engvall. Luckily, he scored the other night. Um, Kerfoot, who's been taking a lot of penalties, and Mikheyev, who is a good uh, guy on the special teams. Luckily, scored the other night as well but hasn't necessarily been performing the way that we want him to. What is your ideal third line right now when players come back from their injuries? Dan, lead us off again. I, I'm going to say McKay of Kerfoot and Simmons. I, I like that line. I think it's uh, you've got size, you've got speed, you've got face-offs, slash penalty taking in Kerfoot. 
Um, he's doing a decent job at the face-offs this year. He's not getting a ton of shots, of course, but uh, I think giving a little bit of size to that line would help because they're all fairly small guys. Um, and then the speed with Mikheyev is great, but now that he scored a goal, maybe he lights up a little bit. Um, but yeah, I would stick with Simmons on there. My favorite third line or my ideal third line is the fourth line. <laughs> um, honestly, that fourth line has been well go said. to, and honestly, any iteration of it, we went over several iterations. Barabanov hasn't gotten back in the lineup too, too much, but that's because Betsa, Patan, Boyd, really stepping it up. But uh, Patan, Boyd, Betsa, Patan, yeah. like I'm, I'm down with that being the third line. You're right, third line, by all intents and purposes, has not been producing. They're not really the third line then. I think the fourth line is my favorite third line. Now, just to follow up on that, does that mean uh, you're good to trade Kerfoot? Because if you're putting him on the third line at three and a half million, that's a little expensive, a little pricey. Yep. Happy to trade Kerfoot for uh, for the right player. Sam Bennett? I was just going to say <laughs> Bennett. <laughs> I'm not, not, not opposed. One for one trade? Hey, save, save him money. <laughs> Last week, we were throwing around the idea of... Uh, you know, Travis Dermott, possibly for Sam Bennett. I know, Kyle, you were, you know, not opposed to the idea. Dan and I were. Um, but he went and scored this week and had the loudest goal celebration I've ever heard. With him playing so well right now, you know, letting in looked pretty good, I believe, a couple games ago when he was last in. How are you feeling about the Dermott versus Lettinen controversy right now? Who do you want to see on that bottom pair beside, I'm assuming, he's going to be uh, Zach Bogosian? Kyle, what, do you th- what are your thoughts? Uh... I'm a, I'm a big man. I can I can say when I was wrong. I do not want to get rid of Dermot anymore, at least not for Bennett. Perfect. Sure. Bye bye. Uh, Dermot, I like him. I do like Lettinen. I think Dermot has earned his spot on the team and should not be uh, a healthy scratch, so that Lettinen can get some time. I think Lettinen is the injury guy. If someone goes down, and let's be honest, someone's someone's going to go down. At some point. Yeah. It might yeah. be long. It might be short. Um, Lettinen is ready to go. Uh, Dermot is my guy. And I think I saw that Dermot actually had some penalty kill time there in the last game. Yeah. Yep. That's good. Did well. You know, getting him out on the penalty kill. And, you know, if he's not going to get time on the power play, then get him some more ice time. That's great to see him, uh, you know, them try something like that against Ottawa. Um, Dan, what are your thoughts? I, I'm gonna stick with Dermot. I um I liked him last week. I like him still. Um, I, I'm really glad to see he got that goal. That'll help boost his confidence a bit. Um, I think he's a solid D. I think he's got excellent shot blocking ability. He stays in position. I like him. All right, so we're definitely in consensus with that. I think uh, they should ride Dermot as long as they can until he, you know, either has an epic mistake or. You know, Letton is looking too good in uh, in practice, and he needs to come up. Um, let's continue the which one or the other. Um, Jumbo Joe or Zach Hyman on the top line with Matthews and Marner? Uh, Kyle, go ahead. Hyman, I think, is the best choice for the top line. However, I think Hyman is also the best choice for the second line. Um, so let's just replicate him and do that. Um, <laughs> the second line is struggling the most. So I think Hyman needs to be on the second line. And I was happy with Joe on the top line last night. I think they have great chemistry. Not as much of someone going to dig it out like uh, Hyman does. Um, But, man, he still knows how to pass. He still knows how to find guys. So I'm going to go with Joe on the top line. Yeah, I'm also going to agree. Joe on the top line. If you take him off the top line, the top line suddenly becomes a very small group of quick guys which, sure, that's great if you're going to always score goals, but if you're um, going deep into the corners or if you're taking some hits like they have been lately, uh, it's less productive. So I, I'm glad to see Thornton's back with um, on, the, on the first line. And I think Hyman, as you said, Kyle, I, I, he could play first line, no problem, um, but I'd like him to, to continue to build on the second line. Um, you've got Tavares with a little bit of size there. So it kind of evens out. Like when we have Simmons back, we're kind of each line will have a a good mix of uh, size on it to kind of prevent, you know, I, I'm thinking playoff time here when we need to prevent someone like Boston uh, from taking us down into the boards every single time. So 
Dan, uh, you, you mentioned about Simmons coming back, and I'm going to throw something out to you guys. Um, I know the idea has floated around at the beginning of the season of having Hyman on the third line beside Mikheyev and Kerfoot, um, and they tried Simmons up on that second line. He looked like he was doing quite well until he got injured in that game, scored two goals. I believe he was playing on that second line with Tavares and, uh, um, and Nylander. Um, would you like to see Hyman staying on that second line um, or bring him down to the third line, maybe energize these other guys um, and kind of balance the talent a little bit more on the uh, over the top three lines? Oh, that is a tough one. Oh, my God. Um, I think my answer is yes. <laughs> uh, okay. Can't go wrong <laughs> either way. It's, eh? it's it's just, yeah, it's it's whatever the Leafs need at that time. Those two players, I think, can play up and down. Hyman can play literally anywhere and, and create yeah. energy on a line. Um, I want to see more Simmons on the second line. I just, I, we only got one game, and it was excellent. I, I want to see more. So I would say Simmons over Hyman, and then Hyman can maybe energize that third line. That's right. my goal. Uh, all right, so that was our quick shifts segment. Um, so we're going to kind of start wrapping up the podcast here. Um, there's something that I want to kind of bring up that I saw in the news the other day. Um, the Boston Bruins have decided to postpone the celebration, the ceremony to retire Willie O'Ree's number. Um, I know that it's been a long time since Willie O'Ree's been in the league. A lot of people have been advocating for this to happen, to retire his number. Kind of thing that, you know, baseball has retired 42 for Jack, or it's an honored number for Jackie Robinson. Kyle, do you know if that number is retired in the major leagues? 42 yeah i don't think anybody uh uses that number so it may not be it may not be uh retired but it's not it's not used now willie O'Ree broke the color barrier in, in the nhl and it's just now that he's actually starting to get a little bit more recognition um boston has decided the season to postpone it till next season when they can have fans in the stands i understand that but i think they've waited too long already i think they should retire the number now do a ceremony on the broadcast, and then every year from this point on, let's admit, have it have Willie O'Ree night every. I believe it's February eighteenth was the anniversary of his first game in the league. Every year, have Willie O'Ree night. This isn't something that you need to do once, and then move on from it. Um, I think that they've waited way too long already. That they need to do this now, and then um, and and make it right for him because he's getting obviously up there in age. He may not be around next year. You never know. God. Uh, we hope that he will, but I think this is something that Boston, in, in my mind, it's something that it's a that they should make right. Yeah, absolutely agree. And uh, I was just thinking about it, and I, I have a bad feeling it's it's a money thing. They want yep. to have a Willie O'Ree ceremony game, and lots of people are going to come out. They're going to make more money off that game. They're going to get higher ratings on that game during an, a non-pandemic year. And that makes me sad, and I totally agree with you, Craig. It should be a yearly thing, uh, Willie O'Ree Day or Willie O'Ree Game Day, something like that, and then you can start recognizing other players uh, during this uh, day or uh, you know, bring it to the forefront at least, um, other, other barriers that have been, uh, been broken. There was one woman that played in the NHL, um, uh, yes, indigenous and native Goalie. players that have that have uh, played and um, and so on and so on. Um, I, I I think you're absolutely right. It can be a year only thing, and it's like Jesus. It's not freaking hard. No, like you've got a you've got a hockey day in Canada. That's great. It's fun. I love it. Uh, you got the outdoor games. You know what? They've kind of lost their charm, but I I still kind of like them. This is so easy. Like figure it out. Yeah, baseball does a really good job of that, but. Uh... Yeah. I mean, I completely agree with both of you guys. I think this is a little too little too late. Um, I'm glad that they're, well, I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad that they want to do it with people in the stands. It's likely for money, which is an unfortunate. But I mean, I think it would also be unfortunate for him to be standing in a stadium where he played so many games, looking up at fans covered like that. That might be a bit of a letdown to a, I know he's not playing anymore, but to a career, you know? So I, I get it. Let's hope it's not money, but I agree with both of you guys completely. And I may be wrong. This might be at his request that they move the next year, but I just saw that. And I thought that was a, I, I didn't think that was a great move. He was consulted. 
He was consulted uh, before the decision was made. So I don't know if it was his, but he yeah. was talked to. Well, the NHL doesn't have a very good track record with uh, with this kind of thing, with their you know splitting from the HDA. And let's just move on. Um, congratulations, Willie O'Ree, 65th anniversary of breaking the color barrier in the NHL. Um, from a couple of Leafs fans, thank you for doing what you did. So we're, let's move on. Let's close this out. Uh, leave on a high note with uh, let's make a bet. Um, Kyle, you've got something for us this week. Yeah, and let's recap last week's bet very quickly. Greg with the big prices right win, going with one percent, messing up uh, Dan and I there. I believe the uh, Leafs ended up with a twenty percent power play uh, goal percentage. Uh, so good job, Greg, on the win. I think his first one for the year. Great job. Okay, this bet this week, I'm going to go prices right as well, and it's kind of a two-parter. Um, so I'm going to throw in an extra uh, five bucks, kind of even it out, so that uh, one winner can uh, get ten bucks and the other winner can get ten bucks. So I'll throw in ten. You guys throw in five. We're going to go uh, Leafs goals against average and save percentage over the next three to four games, depending on when we do the uh, next podcast. Um, I believe two games against Ottawa on. Wednesday, Thursday, Montreal on Saturday, and then if we wait until Tuesday, it will be Calgary on Monday. So we haven't decided when we're going to do the podcast next week, if it's going to be Sunday or Tuesday. So take that into account. Maybe he was going to go on. I do expect uh, Hutchison to get into one of the Ottawa games since there is a Mm back-to-back. I've already put in my numbers. Craig won last week, so I'm going to have Craig go first. You're going to have to pick the goals against average and the save percentage. And to give you guys and our, um, I think we're up to like 15,000 listeners. Does that, does that sound about right? 15,000. Really great. It's about how many push-ups I did yesterday, too. 15,000. Uh, to give you guys some context, uh, Freddie Anderson, his goals against average right now is uh, 2.79. So that's uh, about 2.79 goals per 60 minutes. And then his save percentage is uh, 0.901. So it's not, it's not great, but it's above 9, which is, is nice. So I've already plugged in my numbers. Greg, what have you got for goals against average over the next three to four games for the Leafs in general? Could be both goalies and uh, save percentage. Well, I think he's going to have a bounce back game against... Uh against the Sens, at least for one of them. Um, Sens put a lot of... Sens and the Habs tend to put a lot of shots on net. Uh, I'm going to say there's, his save percentage is going to be a 9... You know, be optimistic say 9-12 over the, the next... I'm going to say the next three games. And goals against average. Shots don't count in goals against. Is this Price I, is Right again? Two, Sorry, I forgot to yeah, mention this. Price is Right. Yeah, I'm going to say 2... 2.5. 2.5. On average, yeah. Two and a half. And that includes a potential Hutchinson as well, okay. Yes, I'm very optimistic. Bold move. All right, Dan. Okay. Um, You say one for both? Like, good one. Yeah, (laughs) point one and no. Um, (laughs) So I am a little worried about Hutchinson going in against Ottawa. I don't expect it will be the first game back. Probably the second. So Anderson will probably get the start on the first game, I think that one will be a bounce-back win. I think Hutchinson's going to drop the second game, and then I think we're going to crush Montreal. So I will give a save percentage of 0.908, because I do think we're going to see a lot of shots, as Greg said. But my goals against... My goals against is going to be... 2.67. Not giving me much wiggle room, are you? No, none <laughs> at all. This is hilarious because we are we are all really close. My uh, save percentage was just 900. I am I'm a little worried. I'm a li- <laughs> mostly mostly because of Hutchinson and because wow, we let out a lot of goals often. And yeah. then my goals against is three. So I'm kind of picking the averages here, but also not really giving Freddie the benefit of the doubt. Uh, we'll say, yeah, let's do the podcast on Sunday. So the next three games, those are our bets. And I'll throw in another 10. Um, 
And I think that's it for the podcast for this week. Thank you very much, Eric Desormier. There's French coming out again uh, for joining us on this. We're going to see if we can get some more guests in as we move along. We'll definitely have Eric back in. Um, oh, speaking of which, Eric and I now have a bet on for uh, the Habs game on Saturday. Uh, whichever top line scores the most points, points in general. So top line could be subjective depending on uh, what happens for that game. Uh, so we will figure that out as we go. Another five bucks on there. Man, I'm going to be potentially losing a lot of money this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you very much, everyone, for listening to Episode 7 of the Leafs Fans and Hostile Lands podcast. Don't forget to follow us on all your favorite social media. Listen to the podcast on all your favorite podcasts, and go Leafs, go! Go Leafs, go! Go Leafs, go!